Willkommen, Venner, to Kvasir's Corner, your gateway to the Viking Age. My name is Jacob, and I am honored and humbled to introduce the illustrious Tsar Nicholas J. Peterson III. Thank you, thank you. The how are we doing? The, man, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> the guy you can't get rid of. The guy we can't get rid of. <laughs> well, more, more like the guy that volunteers. So Yeah, God, why did I do this? I mean... Yeah, I know. I mean, you've been out here four four weeks now for four episodes. I can't even. Has uh, it been that long? Who knows? The the days blend together, and it's <laughs> what it is. But thank you for coming back. We yes, always we always appreciate having you on. So, um, we are going to continue our uh, deep dive into Snorra Sturluson's prose edda today. Uh, right after these words from the Viking encampment. Kvasir's Corner is presented by Minnesota's own Viking Encampment. If you'd like to stay up to date with the encampment and get more fun and informational Viking content, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Viking Encampment, as well as on Twitter and TikTok at Viking Encamp MN. If you've been enjoying Kvasir's Corner or any of our other content, such as our Hell or High Water Dungeons and Dragons series, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We have many different support levels, each with special exclusive rewards for your support. These include early content access, behind-the-scenes content, access to the VE's private Discord server, digital hangouts with the Vikings, and, at the highest level, the status of honored guest at our, at our in-person events. If you love our digital and in-person content, and would like to see us expand to create even more, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Viking Encampment. Thank you for all your support. Skull. You know, I should really get on Facebook and, and follow all that, you know. It seems like something yeah, that... Yeah, considering you're part of the group. Yeah, you know, I should really get on, <laughs> get on all the social medias and also considering that I run the social media. Yeah. <laughs> I should really do that. You got to separate life and, and work, though, you know? Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as always, feel free. Check us out on social media. Check us out on Patreon. All that's fantastic stuff. Thank you for, for doing that. So, uh, going back into the pros edda, we, la we left off last time. Um, talking about the creation of the world, talking about the creation of humanity and mankind um, by Odin and his brothers Vili and Ve. So the the Edda, <clears throat> excuse me, the Edda then goes on to kind of describe the the, the world and the cosmos a little bit more. Um, honestly, it's a lot of filler sort of things in in my opinion. So we won't spend a lot of time on them. We'll just kind of briefly. This is a thing, this is a thing. And then we'll go on to some more, more juicy stuff um, that I think you all, the audience, will enjoy a little bit more. So, um, you know, following the creation of, of the world and creation of man, um, Odin uh, creates day and night by putting, um, let's see, it was a giant, wasn't it, Jay? A giantess who was as dark as night? Um... I honestly can't remember, but that sounds yeah. right. Yes. So the daughter of a giant uh, by the name yeah. of Narfi. 
Um, and this, this uh, giantess was, you know, dark as night and was named Night. And then she had a son who was as bright and shiny as the day. And he was called Day. And Odin put them up into the, the sky to symbolize the, the passing of time. And also, along with Night and Day, come the, the children Mani, which is moon, and Sol, which is sun. And these two children were known for their beauty and their, their elegance and all that stuff. And Odin is kind of uh, angry by their arrogance. And so throws, that, throws them, excuse me, throws them up into the sky um, to ride around the, the dome of the world in their chariots uh, to symbolize the passing of time. And the sun and the moon are being chased by two wolves by the names of, let's see if I can find that note I put on here. Um, it was Hati. Yes. And, oh gosh, what was the other one's name? Skull. Skull. Hati yep. and Skull. Skull and Hati are the, the two wolves that chase the sun and the moon uh, throughout the sky. And at the end of time, at the Ragnarok, um, the wolves will catch their prey, and they will eat the moon, and they will eat the sun and descend everything into darkness. So, that's the, the um, day-night cycle. Uh, there's a, a whole passage talking about the Rainbow Bridge, the Bifrost, which connects uh, Asgard to all the other realms. Uh, I think that's pretty well ingrained in the people's minds what the Bifrost is. Um, Marvel actually does that kind of well, I, I would say. Yeah, you know, I would agree. With Heimdall, the Watchman. Uh, then there's a very long passage, like, in, in my opinion, astonishingly long, about mm -hmm. dwarves. Yeah. Most of it's names. It's just a list of dwarven names. And I love that, I love reading through the names, um, mm -hmm. because if, if you read through the, the list of all the names of the dwarves, there's a couple that might stand out to some of our nerdy mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. There's... Uh, uh, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, Nori, Ori, Feely, Keely, Thor, mm. Thorin. Uh, you know, I, I think it's not a secret that our good dear friend J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien took uh, a lot of influence for Lord of the Rings from Norse mythology. But I think it's just kind of fun seeing those names and going, hey, I know those. Like, I know those folks. And <laughs> we can't, this one surprised me the first time I read it. We've got the dwarf named Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, you, mm -hmm. Gandalf is so ingrained, I would think, in popular culture now, thanks to the movies, that Gandalf is the wise wizard of, you know, the gray and the white, and he's this wise, powerful creature. And in Norse mythology, he's a dwarf. Yeah. It's so contrary to that popular image of Gandalf. I know, and especially considering, and I'm sure we'll get into this um, when we start talking more about Odin, is mm. that Gandalf the Grey is most definitely um, uh, stylized after descriptions of Odin. Yep, the the wide-brimmed hat and the, the mm -hmm. flowing cloak and yeah. the staff wandering the wilds. Uh, yeah, a lot of um, interplay between Tolkien and, and Norse mythology. Um, he was a nerd just like us. Yes, he was. He was. He, he actually <laughs> taught Anglo-Saxon at Oxford. So he's a big Anglo-Saxon Norse nerd. 
Yay, wearing good company. Who would have figured the guy who made Lord of the Rings would be a flippin' nerd? <laughs> hey, I say we're in good company because of that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, so if you, if you, the audience, want to look through this list of dwarven names and have that aha moment, um, it is on, if you have the Penguin Classics edition, it is on page 23. And it's just a long, long list of dwarven names. Um, also a good resource for writers if you need a name. You can just mm -hmm. take it from here. There, there's a lot that people don't really know. So you can just pull yep. it out, throw it in there. So after the, the story of the dwarves, or the names of the dwarves, um, Snorra talks about the great ash tree Yggdrasil that connects all the worlds and its branches. And talks about the, the Norns at, at the base of the tree that wave the wave. Weave, weave the um, the fabric of fate and time together with their with their looms, and kind of guide the the lives of humanity and the gods towards their final ending point at the mm -hmm. Ragnarok. We might have to do a deeper dive into the Norns at some point. That might be fun. But for today, we want to we want to get to the gods. We want to talk about Ooh, the big guns. Uh, exactly. So then, um, you know, they talk about the different creatures in Yggdrasil. There's the, um, the squirrel Ratatosk, who climbs up and down the, the tree from the leaves to the roots and delivers insults from the dragon uh, Nidhogg. Honestly, dream job. Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, he said you smell. Then you go back. <laughs> just constantly, my job is to stir up trouble between <laughs> deities. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, Rathatosk delivers insults from Needhog the dragon who lives at the roots of the tree to the great eagle who lives at the, uh, the top of the tree, whose name escapes me. Um, I can't quite remember. It's like Arnie. Yeah. Um. Does he have? Because they, they talk about the hawk called Vertfoller. But I don't think the eagle has a name. I'm At least I'm not finding yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not seeing it either. Let's yeah. call him Kevin. Kevin the Norse eagle god. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's a god or not, but Kevin the Norse eagle. So there's Ratatosk, there's Nidhogg, there's Kevin the Norse eagle. Um, <laughs> If anyone knows if Kevin has an actual Norse name, please leave it down in the comments or somewhere so that we can find and learn from our mistakes. Um, and then there's also the four stags called Dane, Dvalin, Dunir, and Durathor. And they move along the branches of the ash tree, Yggdrasil, and they devour the tree's leaves. Um, then there's there's two stanzas or two sections. One about the high one telling of other places in heaven. Uh, so these are the other the other worlds where you have um, uh, Elfheim, the home of the elves. You get um, I cannot pronounce that as often as I try. Breedoblick. There you go. The um, it, which translates to gleaming far and wide. So I'm assuming kind of a radiant, uh, shining place. And then there's a place called Glitnir, which means radiant place. Haha, made of real gold. Um, and then following 
This section is the origins of the wind, which we're just going to kind of skip over because we're so close to the fun stuff. Well, some people might find the origin of the wind fun. You know, uh, we're, we're going <laughs> to move right along. And then there's one more section about the, the summer and the winter seasons and how those seasons change um, in, in the Norse world. But now, after zooming through all that, we get to the kind of meat and potatoes of what we wanted to talk about today. We get Snorri Sturluson's description of the Norse gods. And what better god to start off with than the Allfather himself, Odin. So, Jay, what does Snorri say about Odin the Allfather? Um... Give me a second, because I <laughs> didn't read. I know he says, like, all of his hundreds of names. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is, Odin is the highest and oldest of the gods. He rules in all matters, and although the other gods are powerful, all serve him as children do their father. So he's just, like, really, really strong, and mm -hmm. people respect him. Yep. I mean, considering that he was one of the guys who literally made the world that they stand mm -hmm. on, you kind of have to respect him a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit, you know. And I that is kind of the, the root of where all father comes from. Mm -hmm. He made the world, made everything in it, and gave life, the breath of life, to humanity. So while his brothers helped form humanity, He's the one that gave them life. And yeah. so that in the, the Norse psyche makes him the Allfather. And yeah. not to mention he's the father of quite a few of the gods. Or yeah. grandfather, you know. There's actually a whole, in the back of this edition of the Prosetta, there's actually a whole kind of family link. Um, uh, yeah, I love the family tree in the back. Yeah, that, that's always fun to look at. So again, highly recommend the Penguin Classics version of this uh, Prosetta. It's a good one. It's great. It's got a lot of good material. So Odin, the Allfather, he, as Jay said, is the, the mightiest, um, the you know strongest, the most respected, and he is seen as the king and the father of all the gods and of all this creation. Uh, Odin is married to the goddess Frigg, um, and Frigg is said to have the the gift of prophecy or the gift of foresight um even though she doesn't kind of share prophecy as as other goddesses or um kind of women of religious power did in in Norse society but we we know that Frigg has this gift of foresight because of a stanza from a long lost um, source that I believe we only know of because of the prose edda, and it's called Loki's Flighting. Um, just for a quick um, context, flighting is basically a Viking rap battle in, in part. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, participants try to insult each other with rhyme and poetry. So, uh, in this this piece called Loki's Flighting, Odin is having a flighting with, um, with Loki. And he says, You are raving, Loki, and out of your mind. Why, Loki, do you not stop? Frigg knows all. 
I believe the fate of all, though she herself says nothing. So without context, I'm not sure how this works as a flight or a flighting. Um, but based on this, we can see that um, Frigg is attributed to having the gift of prophecy. So we have the all-knowing, all-father, Odin, married to another kind of all-knowing being in Frigg. And they are the, the king and queen of the, the gods of Asgard. So continuing on in the, the Edda, we then get a long list of all of Odin's many names. Um, so a few that I just like, and then you can share some of your favorites, Jay, because there's a lot here. Yeah. But uh, he's given the name Harbard, um, Throdr, Thund. Uh, he's also called Bulwark, Fjolnir, and Grimnir. Um, those are some of my favorites of Odin's names. How about you? Um, I like Helblindy and Blindy, um, two different names. Uh, I also like Ig. <laughs> Ig. 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 Yeah. Very divine. Very divine. <laughs> um, uh, there's just there's a there's a lot of good ones in here. There, Pharma God. Which one? Pharma God. Pharma God. I'm the Pharma God. This is my farm. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. I was looking at the list, but in, yeah. Pharma God, the God of Cargos, and Hanga God, God of the Hanged. Um, so that, yeah. that's an interesting story as well. Um, yes, 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 why yes. Odin is the, the Hanged God. So um, Odin wanted to learn power of the, the rune. Uh, that, that's the story, correct, Jay? I'm not messing it up? Yeah. Okay, so he wanted to learn the power of the runes. He wanted to learn runic magic. And so in order to learn this, this deep and ancient power, he hangs himself from the branches of Yggdrasil, and he pierces himself in the side with a, um, with a spear. Uh, also, nine times. What was that? Nine times. Yes, nine times. And then he, you know, he has this, these spear wounds in his side. Also, another interesting um, Christian allegory, uh, if you know the, the crucifixion story of Jesus um, mm. with, with the spears and the hanging. Um, again, we'll probably talk about that in that upcoming mini-series about Christianity and, and Norse mythology and religion. Yes, yes, yes. So keep an eye out for that. So he's hanging from the world tree. He's been pierced with a spear, and he hangs there for nine days and nine nights. A sacrifice by himself to himself. And on the ninth, after nine days and nights of hanging, he can see the runes and he can understand the runes and their power. And then he falls from the tree. So this, this instance of himself sacrificing himself to himself um, is what, it's very complicated. <laughs> um, but tr trust me, it's not, not going to get a lot easier, um, especially when we come to people like Heimdall. And his, his birth story. Yeah. No, no spoilers, though. But that is uh, why Odin is attributed as the, the hanged god, or the god of the hanged, because he hung himself to learn the runes. Do not try that at home. Nope. You are not a Norse god. Don't do it. Sorry to shatter anyone's perceptions. We're, we're oh, not man. Norse gods. 
That was my Sunday plans. Jay. <laughs> no, just read, read a book about the runes. It's the thing there a lot quicker. So, after that digression. Um, so, we, we learn just a brief bit about Odin and his powers. We learn, I would assume these are all the names attributed to him. I don't know if there are more. Yeah, there's probably more. Yeah, but we learn the majority of Odin's names. And then uh, Snorri talks about how or, or why Odin has so many names. And this is one of those instances where I think he's trying to put um, Norse mythology and put Odin into a Christian palatable context. Yeah. So he talks about how um, with all the different branches of language in the world, each of the peoples needed to change his, meaning Odin's name, uh, to their own tongue to worship and pray. So through that stanza, I feel like he's trying to say, yeah, Odin is um, the Christian god, just with a different name. Um, I don't know if that's a stretch or what you think about that, Jay. I'm sorry, I was watching my cat. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Yeah, so the, the stanza where Snora seems to be saying, yes, um, Odin is the Christian god, just with a different name. Stretch to yeah. what he's saying or not? Um, yeah, I mean, that's I can definitely see that. Um, considering that the Norse people saw Odin as the king of the gods and Christianity sees God as the king, um, you know, him mm -hmm. this is his way of being like, oh, they're the same person, they're just called something different. You know, God is the, God is the king, yeah, just God by a different name. So yeah. again, trying to, trying to make the mythology palatable uh, to, to his Christian audience. And part of me wonders if he's not also just trying to make himself feel better for keeping these alive. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's any sort of uh, Christian guilt that he, he might feel for keeping, keeping the myths around. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And like we've said before, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the laws were. Time with regards to um, Christianity in the laws, you yeah. know, he didn't want the church to say, "Hey, you're speaking blasphemy, kind of killing it out." Yeah, yeah, that 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 could also play a part. I'm not entirely sure about church laws in medieval Iceland. Yeah, there would be something to that for sure. So we we talk about Odin, and then we go on to the big boy, the big gun of them all. We get to talk about Thor. Everyone's the, the resident himbo. The resident himbo. The Chad of the gods. <laughs> he, he really is the Chad of the gods. <laughs> and we we've got we've got to credit John. Dan. We've got to credit Dan for giving us that phrase. I think he's the one that told us about that. <laughs> it sounds like something Dan would say. So, but yes, the the Chad of all the Norse gods, Thor, the mighty thunderer. Um, so this is a, um, interesting because so many people know Thor or have some sort of a, you know, idea of what they think Thor is. So Hemsworth. what's that? He's Chris Hemsworth. Well, yeah, let's be honest. He, Chris Hemsworth just is Thor, you know, yeah. like it's not, he's not acting. He just is Thor. Yeah. 
Um, but in, in, in all seriousness, you know, what, based on the, what the Edda says, what does Marvel kind of get right? What do they get wrong? Um, kind of a mini myth-busting session, as it were, right here. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is Odin's son. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not Frigg's son, though. That is true. He is the son of, oh, what's her flippin' name? It's the Earth. Yeah, the giantess Earth. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but yeah, she's the Earth. Um, You know, he's one of the strongest. He's uh, said to be the commander of lightning and thunder. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not very bright. No. Um, Gotta say, he's not always the most cunning of people. He is kind of as blunt as his hammer. Um, but boy, can he swing that hammer. Yeah, he can. He can definitely swing that hammer. Yeah. Um, um, he is, uh, especially after he he receives the hammer, um, mm. he becomes a protector for uh, Asgard and the rest of the gods. Um, you know, anytime they're <laughs> like, uh-oh, <laughs> a giant is trying to attack us. Oh! Yeah, Thor's the giant killer. Yep. Yep. Protector of Asgard and yeah. all, that, all that good stuff. He is. I mean, we've said it. He's the Chad of the gods. He yeah. is like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the way that um, he is portrayed in the Marvel movies are to a point. I'm like, yeah, that's probably what Thor is. He's kind of a little bit more arrogant, a little bit more. Um, ready for battle at any given moment. Yeah. Um, yep. But at the same time, like he, he is uh, deep pride and and loyalty towards his family and the other gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say that on the whole, Marvel kind of kind of nailed it, at least in terms of the the personality. Yeah. Except, um, I mean, Thor was a redhead. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was actually just going to point that out. So. Yeah. You know, the old Stanley comics with Thor's gloriously long blonde hair and all that stuff. Um, definitely plays towards the modern stereotype of a Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. But in the, the Norse mythology, Thor had this big bushy red beard um, and, you know, bright red hair. Uh, I would assume to kind of highlight his angry nature and angry tendency. Yeah, make him look wilder. Yeah, he's this, this wild, battle-ready, not a berserker. Berserkers are attached to Odin. Uh, yeah. But this, you know, this battle-ready, is Maniac even correct? I don't know if Maniac is correct. <laughs> I don't know. Um, enthusiast. Enthusiast, a battle enthusiast. He's a yeah. connoisseur of swinging his hammer. He's <laughs> a connoisseur I, of kicking ass. I love that image. <laughs> uh, so so marvel did did get the 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 personality right the look not so much but hey it's marvel yeah. so uh thor's got the bright thick red beard and the red hair um and he also doesn't just have his hammer mjolnir like everyone knows he also is in possession of a, a belt of strength which is called megingirth um, and he he wears this belt of strength, and he also has a pair of uh, gloves of iron. And he needs to have all of these things in order so that he can lift up Mjolnir. 
So that that's a deviation between Marvel and uh, mythology is that it's not worthiness per se. I don't yeah. think there's anything that really talks about worthiness in the edits. No. Well, and even, like, there are plenty of, like, there's a story where Thor's hammer gets stolen by giants. Like, yep. you're not, it's not, he who's worthy can wield a hammer. It's just, if you can pick it up, I guess you're carrying it now. Yeah. It's really heavy, though. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that instance you're talking about where they steal the hammer, doesn't it take, like, ten giants to take it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's really flipping heavy. Yeah. So it's not about worthiness. It's about this thing's freaking large. Yeah. So, so I'd rather know. just carry a bow and a sword. <laughs> like too much work. Yeah. Go ahead, Thor, you meathead. Yep. Go on, you Chad. So even even Thor, he needs these supplementary items, this belt of strengths and his iron gloves to be able to lift up the hammer. But when he lifts up the hammer, man, you better, Ooh, better run. Start running. Um, so Thor is also, um, he's known as Thor the Charioteer because he rides around the, the realms in his chariot pulled by his two male goats. Um, the first goat is uh, Tangnost. Is that anywhere close? Yeah, that's better than what I would have, how I would have pronounced it. Right, so Toothnasher. The, yep, the Toothnasher. And then there's... Uh, which is Snarltooth. Um, they've also been, um, you know, there's Toothnasher, Snarltooth. They've also been called Snarler and Grinder, just for simpler things. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Grinder. Stop it. <laughs> Move on. Um, so he's Thor the Thor the Charioteer, Thor the Thunderer, um, and he has he has his own Great Hall. Um, at a place called Thrudvengir, which means the Plains of Strength. And his hall is called Bliskrinir. Um, I just kind of imagine it as like a giant planet fitness. <laughs> it just has like a bunch of workout machines. Yep. And a bunch of dudes like slapping each other on the butt going, nice one. Yeah, you did it. Awesome, bro. Way to go, Ragnar. Yeah. Um. In, interesting uh, kind of side side note. I believe Blitzkringer or Blitzkringer, yeah, uh, translates to mean bright crack. And I think, I mean, that's supposed to be emblematic of lightning. So a bright crack of light through the sky, um, if I'm remembering my translation correctly. Uh, so if you bright want to know. Bright crack. Bright crack. Ha <laughs> So very, very Thorian. Um, and, and his hall, Blitzkriner, has 540 rooms in it, which is the, the largest hall. What's that? All filled with weights and dumbbells. Weights and mead and all sorts of good stuff like that. Uh, so I believe it's actually the largest hall um, besides uh, Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thor can have some pretty big parties as a chat. He's a chat. He is like, yeah, he's he's the frat bro. And we love him for it. We love him. Yeah. So uh, moving on, um, we'll talk about the, this last god. Not the last god, but just for our time constraints. 
we'll be able to talk about one more god, and that is the god Boulder. Um, and Boulder is a very interesting, uh, very interesting character, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so Wait, Jay, big what? role. Yeah, he does play big role. What <laughs> What can we say about good old Golden Boulder? Well, uh, he's Odin's son, um, and he's also Frigg's oldest son. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also their favorite son. They don't make that a secret. They are very open. This is our favorite son. The rest of you pale in comparison. Um, he shines like the sun. He is the brightest. He is he is the best out there. He is strongest. Like everyone absolutely loves Balder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's interesting this this line that I'm looking at here. He's the wisest of the gods. He is also the most beautifully spoken and the most merciful. But one of his characteristics is that none of his decisions is effective. So it's interesting to me how he's kind of the antithesis of Viking, where Thor and Odin are, you know, kind of the prototypical Viking. Mm-hmm. Bulger is kind of the opposite of that, but he is the most loved. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. And also just that part, none of his decisions is effective. Yeah. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if that just means, like, if he's like, oh, yeah, I decided that I'm going to have uh, chicken for lunch, and then he gets food poisoning. You know, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Like, or does it mean, oh, I, I think I'm going to have chicken for lunch, and then they serve pork. Like, Yeah. So I'm sure there's pro- there could probably be a lot of thoughts and studies about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, about the kind of dynamic of Balder within the, the pantheon. But as as Jay said, definitely Odin and and Frigg's favorite child, and also, um, while it's never explicitly mentioned at this point, he is the heir to the to the Aesir throne mm-hmm. as the you know the firstborn son of Odin and Frigg, and we see that when we get into our depictions of Ragnarok, uh, we see Balder kind of come into his own as the mm-hmm. the new king um but if you don't already know that story i won't spoil anything for yeah you. we'll probably we'll have a whole thing about about ragnarok yeah um, but balder definitely has his, his part to play in in the coming of ragnarok um with his death and we're gonna leave balder there just knowing that he's gonna die and now you have to think about that for a little bit of time. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we're out of time. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's a, a brief overview of, of Balder. And a brief overview of these first three kind of prominent gods uh, of and goddesses. We talked about Frigg. Yeah, um, I think she uh, has her own description at some point, maybe. Maybe she doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> about her in more more depth and it, it is unfortunate that we don't know more about the, the goddesses because as we'll get to I hope in the next episode or the next two episodes uh, there are a lot of goddesses that just yeah. we don't know a whole lot about and could be really interesting characters to um, 
to look at and to try to figure out their importance in in the pantheon and in um, Norse worship practices. Mm -hmm. So that's something for you all to look forward to uh, coming up here. But yes, 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 yes. With, with that, we have introduced you all to Odin. We've introduced you to Thor. We've introduced you to Balder. And for the time being, we will have to say our goodbyes. So, Jay, thank you once again for coming on to, to talk Prozetta with me. We always have such a of good course. time. It's always a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm a delight. <laughs> you, you, are, you are a delight. It's, it's fun. Oh, thanks. Uh, but with that, dear audience, thank you once again for tuning in. And we will see you next time on Kavasir's Corner. Bye.